my mug episode 310 on Monday the 20th of October 2014. I am your host Stephen Layton. Welcome to In My Mug and as always we should begin with the news. So In My Mug has gone bi-weekly. In My Mug has now gone monthly also. Um, the old monthly subscription, so there was a monthly subscription and an In My Mug subscription, will be the first coffee of the month of the In My Mug, will be the monthly one. So even if you get yours on week three or week four, you will be able to watch the video and enjoy In My Mug along with the weekly subscribers and the bi-weekly subscribers. The bi-weekly is you will get one, you'll miss one, you'll get one. We cannot mess with those, they are as they as they set. Payment-wise, you can pay weekly recurring direct debit, weekly recurring PayPal, a four-week one-off payment, a 12-week one-off payment, a 52-one-week, 52-one-off payment. We do everything. Like, you, you, we have kind of tailored this and all of the feedback that you've given me, we've taken on board and we've made our systems work with those things. Um, I'm sure somebody will want me hand-delivered once every 14 and a half days, but that's where we're at with it, so um, I hope you enjoy it. Did I do bongs? I, mean, I don't know, but bongs. We also do gift cards, so you can buy uh, an In My Mug subscription for a friend, and we're just going to introduce a four-week one, so four weeks you'll be able to buy them a card and give them something physical and it's one of the lovely like plasticky cards like credit cards you get from like iTunes and things like that I'm really really pleased with the cards and this month's guest blend I forgot to talk about this last week but we have Deer Hunter from North Tea Power um, nestled in the northern quarter of Manchester North Tea Power are some of our greatest friends um, and you should not only buy this blend to try their lovely coffee but if you're visiting the, if you're in the neighbourhood you should definitely go visit them um, they do an amazing job I was in there last uh, Saturday um, and uh, they looked after me wonderfully uh, as they always do and that was the wonderful wonderful news um, so now we should focus on, and this week, um, we've got a Kenyan coffee, so I think it's a good time to focus on that Kenya coffee auction system. So Kenya's coffee auction system dates back as long as 1934, um, and the auctions from that day to this take place at the Nairobi Coffee Exchange. Um, and it's widely considered to be one of the most transparent uh, distribution systems for green coffee anywhere in the world. Um, and the model, it is not a million miles away from the Cup of Excellence auction and I'm sure a lot of the uh, ideas for it came from that. Um, coffee is not new to Kenya. Uh, coffee was introduced by the British in around about the 1900s as part of the uh, British uh, Commonwealth colony. Uh, kind of thing and and uh, coffee was brought along uh, but then following independence in 1963 Kenya organized their coffee in industry much more around this auction system um, running a transparent pricing uh, basically where anybody can bid um, and you could uh, buy and pay for it on quality um, which is something that uh, still happens today. Um, ahead of each auction, uh, you can go and uh, cup um, at the uh, at the auction. Uh, but also, there's 50 or so licensed exporters um, around uh, around Nairobi mainly um, that can go can get the samples and you can go and cup with them. And I, and I've been part of that, and it's a scary, scary process. We sell much coffee everywhere. Absolutely mind blowing. Um, 
There has been some changes to it, so since 2006 some of the restrictions uh, governing the compulsory auction uh, platform have been released uh, and relaxed. Um, so uh, farmers uh, maintain the auction systems in, encouraged a system of middlemen and uh, a chain um, and restricted them being able to get a direct route to market. Um, some of the exporters and supporters of the auction claim that like it, it's it's raised Kenya coffee prices beyond recognition of all of the coffees and definitely the differential paid for Kenya coffees is much much higher than it is uh, from other countries um, and, and I really do like the auction system from um, uh, from Kenya but what the new rules have done it's allowed green buyers to bypass the auction system and be able to buy directly uh, from producers and this is how uh, we got this week's coffee um, this is a, a something special um, that we were able to circumnavigate the market and be able to pay a great price for something that's a little bit of an experiment uh, and I'm very very excited to be sharing it with you if you would like to know more about the Kenya auction system if you go to http do a double dot colon colon go dot has been dot co dot uk forward slash Kenya auction all one word as you can see it's on the screen now um, I wrote an article a few years back about it but hopefully it will give you a little bit more insight and that was the wonderful focus on um, so we should go straight into talking about this coffee um, and why it is so special so last year now uh, I took a trip to Kenya and it really wasn't about meeting producers, it was much more to get an insight into how this uh, auction market works um, and how we could improve the quality of the Kenyans that we were having. But there was one co-op that we visited and one group of people I met who were very keen to do a project with us um, and, that, and, and, and they were a cooperative, but as much of the coffee that comes from Kenya is a cooperative. Um, but it was kind of nice because we seemed to have this relationship uh, with uh, the people who are running it. Um, it's an all-lady uh, team uh, that were running uh, running the system. Um, and one of the mills that was in that they looked after was the Chinga Mill, which is located near to the town of Athaya. Um, it's just uh, just east of the Chinga Dam and approximately five kilometres south to southwest of um, uh, of the town uh, uh, Athaya, um, and is in the Neary uh, County, which is very very famous for uh, amazing coffee. The mill's got around about 780 members, uh, of which uh, about five, 600 are men and about 100, 200 are, are female. Um, and the average plot size is around about 0.3 of an acre. Um, so very, very small plots. When it's very small, you tend not to be able to process the coffee yourself. So what they do, they sell the coffee to uh, the mill. Uh, and the mill, uh, this Chinga mill, um, uh, are the one that have, uh, have done the work and 99.9% and .9 of the coffee that comes out of Chinga um, will be uh, washed coffee this is a natural um, we have two different lots from there we have um, NH um, which is the one that you have here which is screen 15 or above this is a slightly more expensive one um, and they thought we were crazy to do this we do have an NL uh, which is got on the site today too uh, that won't be in my mug at any point. Uh, it's a smaller screen, so that's screen 14 or smaller. There are some very, very small beans in that one. Um, but equally, both of them are super interesting and super delicious. Um, you know, I'm very grateful for them doing this processing because what they normally do is they'll only naturally process the stuff that's left over, the bad stuff, the horrible stuff. They were horrified we wanted to do this with this amazing coffee. Um, 
but I think it's a great experiment for you to be able to try. So um, the coffee is called Kenya Athea Chinga. Um, it's from the Chinga Farmers Cooperative Society uh, in the Nyeri province in, in uh, the Athaya district. Um, it is a sun-dried, uh, natural processed, uh, hand-picked SL28, SL34 varietal mix. Um, and it's absolutely weird. It's a weird, co you are gonna love this or you're gonna hate this. I'm gonna have to feed you lots of washed coffees and pulp naturals for a while to, to get over this. But before we get to those part, we should go and look at the map bit. And I do have quite a funky map bit for this one. It's, it, it's, it's pretty good detail, so uh, over to me waving you off up in the sky. Keep to my word up up and away and we're going up into the sky and this is where we normally go to our left but as you know this week we ain't going left we're going down uh, we're going down to the wonderful uh continent there we are continent of africa um africa the birthplace of coffee kenya's not it's ethiopia where the birthplace is but i'm sure it was one of the first places it will have escaped to because it's just uh, below ethiopia so um, we should go to our Ethiopian fact, and this one's interesting. Who would want two wives? But in Ethiopia, you are in Kenya. Sorry, you are allowed to have more than one wife. Jeez, I don't. I, I've, one's enough. One's hard work. Two must be double the work, maybe. Um, but we should go down and look at some more detail. So we're going down, 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 and as you can see, it's right on the border of Nyeri. Nyeri, the famous coffee-growing region of Kenya. Um, it's somewhere that uh, lots of amazing coffees that we've had in the past. And was part of my trip back in 2013. Um, I spent a little bit of time uh, in the area traveling around. So there you can see we have some really great detail of the farm. That is literally the mill. Sorry, that is literally the mill. Um, there we have our highest and lowest points. Mount Kenya being the highest at 5,200 meters, which is not a million miles away from here. So let's go uh, zooming back down and we can see We've got some uh, some more detail there. Um, we're going in, and there we there we are. So you can see the main road just in the background. It's important it's near to a main road, so all of the producers can deliver their cherries to the to the mill. But these are the literally the mill buildings, the outbuildings, and uh, drying patios, and all the rest. So it's nice when we can get exact coordinates, and it's fairly unusual for somewhere like Africa to be able to get such detail. Um, so there we just go up, and that was the wonderful map bit. So that's a good map, I'm quite pleased with that for Africa. Um, but it's now time for Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. Over 70% of the coffee sold comes from smallholders like these people at Athaya Chinga. But the other 30%, which are the bigger states, are slowly disappearing as urban sprawl is turning this land into housing. Roland, he talked true. 
Um, what is happening is that we were seeing urban sprawl from the cities and estates that were nowhere near the city are on the edges of the city and the land is becoming more valuable um, so they are starting to plant, uh, plant, build houses and take out plants it's really sad um, uh, but smallholders are very much the backbone of the Kenya coffee auction system and Kenya coffee in general Right, I'm going to wipe you on pause. Uh, I have Adam making me some tasty and delicious drinks as we speak, so I'll be back with you in just a moment. So I am back, and I am going to go, as always, straight into the espresso. Thank you, Adam, for tasty drinks. Well, I'm saying that I hope they're tasty. Adam used to work at 6-8 in Birmingham, so he's had lots of practice with our coffees, and... Oh, boom! Boom. So this is huge. It is a massive, massive mouthfeel. It has a huge body. There is the things you expect from a, a Kenyan. So you get a lot of black currant, a lot of whiny notes, a lot of like bright things, but it's different. It's bright, but it's kind of smoky. It's like, um, Think about a, a porter that has been aged in about in like one of the smoky whiskey barrels. Or think about even whiskey's even better one. It's like a Kalila, you know, it's that kind of smoky, big flavours, but there's something underneath as well. Um, it's such a chewy espresso. I don't always finish the espressos in my month, but today I will. And I am looking forward to this. Um, You know my thoughts on milk. Oh, boo. That's what it's doing to my mouth at the minute. All I can taste is this big coffee come running through at me. Sweet pipe tobacco, wood chips. It's just immense. The, the adding of the milk has actually raised it. It's better than the espresso. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and we're in October, 20th of October. Best cappuccino so far this year on in my mug best cappuccino it, it really is a big coffee that is for milk it really cuts through well i've got a feeling i might not enjoy it so much here um but we will try so i have my 49th parallel mug oh no that's why i don't use this mug isn't it yeah it's leaking i've leaked on my jeans i better be quick and drink it uh get my mate look at that Okay. I think I'm gonna have a, a bit of a clean up on the tray. So here, the black currant is much more muted. The smokiness is much more highlighted. That sweet pipe tobacco that I got in the uh, cappuccino is very prominent in the brewed coffee. Not my bag in the brewed, I must admit. It's a little bit too bigger bodied. There's a little bit too, there's too little sweetness and too much uh, of the, the, the that body and smokiness and and, 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 and big flavours. I feel it is particularly suited as an espresso-based drink. I would like to hear what you think. Uh, I would like to hear your thoughts on how you've been enjoying this through the usual channels in my mug, Facebook, Carrier Pigeon, message tied to a brick and thrown through my office window. Um, no, but please do let me know what you think of this coffee. I think it will divide opinion. I hope it will divide opinion. Um, right, thank you very much for joining me, as always. And do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee.